the reading of God's word. Uh, God does not require that, but we just, I like to do it in respect for him. His words are him, his person, and his person are his words. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It was a joy to be able to go around and shake hands today for the first time in four weeks. Uh, yeah, I just felt like the other three weeks doing the Levitical, unclean, unclean, just let me go to the pulpit. So I'm glad I got to greet you, and uh, we've just passed it on to Kelly now, so she, she took it from me. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, reading out of the English Standard Version. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph before they came together, which means intimately consummating marriage. She was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, uh, which meant not to bring to public that she got pregnant outside of wedlock, he was going to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. I bet he did. (laughs) When you have a dream where an angel tells you what to do, like, yes, sir. So he took his wife, but he knew her not. And it means in the Greek that he had no sexual contact with her whatsoever until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. They shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. The parents called him Jesus. This is a small thing, but give me just a moment before you're seated, just a short introduction. Uh, Over the last 15, 20 years, I bet I've not five times told our worship team, hey, do this, go this way, sing these songs, and just feel the... I just feel the Lord coordinates what's supposed to happen. And almost without fail, either the theme or the spirit, the feeling of the worship service connects and coincides with, with the word. But today was so incredible. The last line of the last song was the title of my message. Emmanuel, God with us. And then Kelly gets up to pray and she's Emmanuel, God with us. So this morning I want to talk to you about God with us, Emmanuel. Father, I just humble myself before you today in weakness and in faith, knowing that you are with me and for me and that it is important to you that the people that you bled and died for and redeemed receive your word So I'm asking today, Lord, that you anoint me with your Holy Spirit, that I would be an effective, faithful communicator, an accurate communicator of the truths found in your word that would bring us closer to you, that would bring us closer to you, and in our hearts and minds be aware of your being closer to us. Let us live out, not mentally agree with, 
but live out the statement, God with us. Because if we believed that, Lord, that would change everything. And let it happen today, Father, for the glory of your Son, I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. God with us. The Hebrews felt the name so sacred that they would not pronounce it. They would leave the vowels out and they would not say the name God. Jehovah means, the word Jehovah means, the self-existent one that chooses to express and reveal himself in a certain way. Which means, I have always been this, but you would not know I'm this unless I told or showed you that I am this. Jehovah uh, Nissi, the Lord our banner. You would not know that I have a banner over you, the banner over you being love and grace and mercy. And that when you go into battle, the first thing that the enemy sees is the name of God over you. You wouldn't know that I was your banner unless I told you. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord ever present. You wouldn't know that I'm with you always unless I revealed it to you in the Old Testament. Uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And everywhere you see the word Jehovah in the Old Testament where God revealed himself a certain way, Jesus is that in the New Testament. He said, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus is our banner. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the one that will never leave us, ever present. So when you see Jehovah in the Old Testament, that's the Christ of the New Testament. Christ is. So you could say Jehovah Jesus. Jesus being the fulfillment. Every, every story, every lineage, every connector from the Old Testament, the New Testament is the revealing of God to man through and com- or originating with, continuing through and culminating in the person of Jesus Christ. God with us. The authentic, exclusive, eternal God. We need to expand our image of God in our heart. We think he is an expanded us and he's altogether not like us. We think he's like us. He's altogether not like us. We see through a glass darkly and we cannot comprehend any more than uh, some small sea creature at the bottom of the ocean has any idea about the sun above it. We need to be in awe of God. We need to be like that man I told you I saw. I saw him at Daytona. I'll never forget it. He was in his 80s and uh, he had his... Uh, I believe it was overalls or work jeans or something. And he was standing out in the water like this with the water hitting his, his feet. And he was crying, like happy crying at the same time. And I just had to ask. I go over and I see what I thought were his sons or daughters. And I said, is this the first time he's seen the ocean? And they said, yeah. And he was thinking. You can't help but think. Oh, Lord, how wonderful is your workmanship that every star in the sky was made by you saying something. Just let there be lights. And the angel said, get out of here. Did you, did you see this? Cosmos. And they tell us we have millions of galaxies and he stepped out on nothing, said something. 
And it all came into being. When you say God with me, that ought to not be a statement that doesn't move, challenge, humble, and, and take the words from your mouth because it's not, the emphasis is not with me, it is God. God in his glory. The one who knows all things, the end from the beginning, before there was anything, he was the creator. Everything was made by him and nothing was made that was not made by him. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Christ, the creator, the righteous one, the holy one, the true one, the one who is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. The one that whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who is all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present. The one to whom the nations are but a drop in the bucket. And it is spoken of him that the earth is his footstool. It, it, of course, that's not a picture of how big he is because that would be the extent for it to be a footstool. If a footstool is this big, then God would have to be proportionately this big for the feet to rest on the earth. It was a man trying to express something he couldn't express. He goes, all that we know, he could just put his foot on it. He, 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 it's, it's the purest form of revelation is when you just drop to your knees and you're silent and you just go, you're God. You're God and I'm not. Unspeakable, unimaginable glory and power and magnificence. So it wasn't just baby Jesus with us. It's God with us in the form of Emmanuel. Number two. Not number one was God. Number two, God with us. This knowledge, this revelation, this belief system is what keeps you, and it's been my experience, is what keeps you buoyant through the, the worst storms of your life. God is with me. God is still with me. God shall be with me. And God will never stop being with me. Not because I merited it. God does not stick to me because of who I am. God sticks to me because of who he is. And again, we drop to our knees and we extend the glory. God with us. Every moment of every day, in every season, in every loss, in every betrayal, in every rejection, in every success, in every joy, at the birth of our children, in the burying of our parents. God with us. That dynamic transcends our weaknesses, our failures, our idiosyncrasies, our insecurities. It, 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 it brings it abases our, what we think is knowledge and it brings up that from which we think there's just death. God with us. And they shall call his name. God with them. How is he with us? He's with us individually and collectively. And by that, see, we can, I can't grasp How can I communicate it when I can't grasp it? We want to 
put God and God is A, B, C, D, E, F and you put him in the folder and there's God. No, it's more like squeezing two clusters of grapes together and as the juice runs down your hand, say, which grape did that drop come from? He expresses himself to me individually in ways that I never experience him collectively with you. But this is what some immature Christians do not know. He expresses himself and reveals himself to you collectively in ways you will never know by yourself. I just get my church at home. I just, me and Jesus. Well, how about his body? Hmm? His body. His children. His sons and his daughters. There is a glory and an intimacy revealed in the secret place that can never be known in a local assembly. And there is a glory and a revealing of who God is in the assembly that he will not share with you privately. But because you can't know it without your brother and your sister. I love the church. Keep your mouth off the church. All you're posting about, this is why the church is this. And this is why the church is declining. And this, the church, here's what's wrong with the church. Keep your mouth off the bride. Tell me what's wrong with you or, or if it's heresy and such, of course. But the church, the church is not only the hope of the world, it's the love of the Lord Jesus. Loves the church. He is with us personally and intimately. Some of us believe in a, a God that loves the church but doesn't love you. You've been in, you've been in church all your life. You've, you've been saved since you were a little girl, a little boy, and you still don't believe that God loves you. What, what has been lost? What has been forfeited? To know that not only he loves me but delights in me. And yes, we'll get to the chastisement and the correction and the judgment, but that he delights in me, that, that, that my heart, that I move him, that, 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 that when he sees me, that he's stirred or moved and he is current up to the minute, not just because he's omniscient, knowing all things, but because he's attentive. He doesn't have to be attentive because he's all knowing, but he's attentive because he cares. One of the simplest, most profound revelations I ever had in the word where it says the hairs of my head are numbered. I used to think that meant he knew how many was up there. And see, some of us keep the Lord busy because every time we swap the brush, the number changes, you know, and it, it thins out. It doesn't say he knows how many are on my head. I know he knows that. He says they're numbered. He says, I know the number of the one that fell out. Now think. Number 3,262 is still hanging on, but by one root. It's, not, it's just barely there. They're numbered. So I know when they're up here and I know when they fall to the ground. Why would he tell us something that has no bearing on us getting up, going to work, raising our kids, paying our bills, uh, trying to prepare for retirement? Because that revelation of how intimately acquainted and near he is to me changes how I view everything. I don't have to pray for 20 minutes updating him because he knows the number of the hairs on my head. He knows their individual numbers. He is with us attentively and actively. Well, I just don't see the Lord moving. Well, does that, that, that's like saying, I didn't see none of y'all go to work this week. 
And you say, trust me, catfish, my alarm goes off at 4.30. I was at work. Well, I didn't see it. See how silly that is? God's working in a spiritual dimension to produce natural results. That's what, and he explained this to us. He said, like when someone's born again, it's kind of like the wind blowing. You don't really know where it comes from, but you know it's blowing. How could God, with perfect knowledge, perfect capacity, perfect desire, and perfect willingness not be working on behalf of the one he died for? I don't see nothing. Still. Why would he be with me and not work for me? Now, I say that humbly, not as a deserved thing, in the same way we work for our babies. The key to your Christian life is not what you know about God, it's what you believe about God. God with us. He is with us tenderly and affectionately. He is with us graciously and mercifully. He is with me and us consistently and perpetually. He is with us provisionally. He is with us protectively. And he is with us powerfully. I love to see when you come into faith where it's not name it, claim it, and you're trying to manipulate God with three scriptures that you memorized because you heard it on a DVD. But instead, you are living with an expectancy about your situation that transcends what you see or don't see because you know that your God created everything. And even if there aren't pieces to put the thing together, he can make the answer without the pieces. He made everything that appeared out of things that aren't visible. So where were they? Who knows? Scientists get up and, well, there was two space blobs and they collided. And over a period of 60 million years, you know, it formed into a ooze and in the ooze. And and if you just listen to it, you just, you know, if you put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards, you know. I'm thinking that takes more faith to believe that than what I say I believe. But it, it, my question would be, where would the ooze come from? Where would the blobs come from? But to know that God doesn't need variables. Do you not find it strange outside of Christ being born of a virgin because there could not be the sinful defect inside? Virgins can't have babies. There's no seed. So there are no variables. He doesn't need variables to be God. Powerful. Powerful. I mean, just waiting, knowing that at any moment he could, sit, he could speak over your life and say, enough. Or he can say, wholeness or provision. And when he does, if he can create the world with words... This is why I pray over myself sometimes. I say, Lord, just speak over me. Just say it. Just say it. And if he says it, it will surely come to pass. He is with us perfectly. You know God can't be with you in part. Well, the goodness part is with us, but not the power part. Like God's multi-personality and he divides himself. You hear people talk about the fruits is of the spirit. You hear me? I got the fruits. Is the, I got, the, I got the, the, the kindness fruit, but I don't have the patience fruit yet. Like you can, it's the fruit of the spirit. It's, 
The issue is not which. I'm just amazed. I've had people tell me I got most of the fruits. Is I don't got all of them. You know, I'm Christian, but I still cuss a little bit. I still cuss. But you know, you know that that kind of mentality. Well, we also think that God lives with us, Emmanuel with us, but not the part that we need, or not the part. He doesn't come in part. Y'all remember your first roommate? How many of you that was a, that was a wrong experience? And they bring, when your roommate moves in, they bring everything with them. Say, what's that? It's a hanging Papa's on chair. Why? And it hangs up in the middle of your journey. You run into it. Somebody hits it. It swings and hits you. And you think, so when you move in, everything comes. How many of you remember when you got married? I'm just going to minister to the men here for just a minute. And you had all your stuff. You had your boar head. Your trophies from Little League and everything. Your two foot by two foot picture of you and your dog in the creek. You know, and everything. And you got married and your wife brings in all these boxes from Lowe's. And she goes, okay. All this. <laughs> we're putting all this up. And then a picture of some little animal you ain't never seen. Never scratched. Never loved. It's up here. And there's a pillar here. And you realize that you no longer have an identity. You just kind of, you're just a man there. But you love her and she's beautiful. And, you know, you're thinking, don't ever lose your pretty. Because I just lost... I just lost everything, everything I have in the world goes in the box. When they move in, the dominant person, and in that way, first of all, men, we don't have no taste. That's the, that's the beginning thing. So when they move in, they bring, this is the way it's going to be. What if you believe that when God moved in, he brought everything that he is, was, and shall be to your life? To your, isn't that wonderful? I need a healer. Oh, I need a door to open that no man can. Op- oh, I need a defender. Oh, I need someone that'll stand by me, that loves me, and would sacrifice for me and prefer me. Oh, I need someone that can speak to things that are not as though they. Oh, see, Emmanuel, God with us. He's with not just us, but with you. But can the same thing be said of you? Me, us. The scripture said God is with us. But can it be said of you that you are with God? Are you with him personally? Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Are you with him as he is? No modification, no dilution, no mixture. No changes, not salvation, but no lordship. Is he the final say? Is he the authority? Is he the author, the finisher? Is he the one that guides and leads and says, you will not work there. You will work here. You will not date this one. You can date this one. You cannot move here. I want you here. Do you live with God as he is? What you see today in the modern church is a modified diluted mixture Jesus that is not God. It is religious, but it is not God. When we live with Emmanuel, he transforms us. We don't transform him. That's good. That ought to be a plaque somewhere. Are we with him preferentially choosing him above all others? Troubled me 
for years at different times and at different places where the Bible says, and no man having lost houses and lands, wife, husband, family members, for my sake, lost them for his sake. There are people that turn their back on God, the call of God on their life, his revealed will for the acceptance of parents, spouses, friends, positions, status. And there are others who lost their spouse because they would not let the spouse be ahead of Jesus Christ. I heard a lady tell a story one time. Her husband was very abusive. And uh, he, on her way to church, on the way out the door, he would hit her to, to leave a fresh mark. You know, Hold my place. Will you help me remember that? Because this is funny. I got to tell you all this. How many of y'all grew up in country church? Ba- you know, Baptist, Baptist. I mean, you're born Baptist. You know that out the womb. You ain't got to be converted. You're just Baptist. And this man, I knew the pastor. <laughs> and, you know, some of the people tithing chickens and you know, eggs and, you know, corn. It was just, it was country as fish grease. Country Baptist church. Okay. And this man decided he was going to whip up on my wife. And uh, the deacons got together, Bubba and him and Billy, Billy Bob and him and, you know, Jeb and everybody, and they went to his house, knocked on the door, drug him out in the front yard and beat the brakes off of him. Beat him senseless, hospitalized him. <laughs> One of them good old boys leaned over and goes, you ever do that to my sister again, I'll kill you, you understand? And it was a miracle of miracles. The Lord delivered that guy from <laughs> harassing his wife about church. He was, he was good. Anyway, I just, I think stories like that, angels in heaven are like, Yes. Anyway. Okay. What was my story? Where was it? Oh yeah. He would hit her on the way out of church and he'd say, that one's for Jesus. That one's for Jesus. Tell him I said so. And she'd go to church and one night on her way to revival service, he said, you ain't leaving tonight. She said, well, yes, yes, I am. You're not, you're not leaving tonight. And he put a gun in her ear and said, you go out this door and I'll blow your brains out. She said, if you blow my brains out, I'm going to heaven. If you don't blow them out, I'm going to church and left. And within a year or so, that man came to faith and was born again, recreated. When he saw that, she said, I don't care if I lose my covering, my home, my support, my protection, my family unit, my whatever. Jesus first. Do you live with God preferentially? Well, my babies are my world. I know. But they can't be idols in our heart. I tremble when I process that. Can you take my children and you still be my Lord? Can you, you have to make sure that God said, I'll have no other gods before me. What that means is not in my sight. I loved you enough to give them to you. I know, I know who's what, but preferentially, can it be said of you that you are with God? Are you with him consecrated? Are you with him sanctified? Are you with him in purity, holy, set apart, fit for the master's use? Are you with him in deep humility, overwhelming gratitude, vocal praise, and absolute confidence? Are you with him publicly as well as privately, unashamed? Are you with him in the study of his word, in the communion of the spirit, in the sharing of your life in prayer? 
Are you with him in the fellowship of his sufferings? Do you share rejection with him, disdain with him, mockery and persecution because of you loving the name of Jesus? Are you with him exclusively, bold in your stance and testimony? Are you with the Lord willingly? Are you with him joyfully? Are you with him faithfully and continuously? With the scriptures referring to God as Emmanuel, God with us, could it be factually said of us, always his? Always his. And finally, number four, how should this knowledge, this revelation affect us? That he sees and hears and knows it all. How, how should, how, what should be the reaction to Emmanuel, God with us? If I know that and I believe that and I live in the awareness of that, I should hear his voice clearly and know his voice thoroughly. If God is with you, you should hear his voice clearly and know his voice thoroughly. You should follow him specifically and obey him willingly. If our musician would come, please. You should follow him specifically and obey him willingly. Don't try to explain to people why, why you're doing certain things in the will of the Lord because they didn't hear what you heard. They didn't feel what you felt. And you're trying to explain to them how the leading of the Lord sounds when the way he speaks to you is different than the way he speaks to them. Follow him specifically. Any of you, and I know this is a rhetorical question. You ever had the Lord tell you to do something, make a phone call, give a gift, something, and then that in the spirit say, now, now. Or you halfway give something. He said, I said all of it. I said quit that job. I said move. That awareness of Emmanuel, we follow him. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And another one's voice they will not follow. I should have a keen sense of discernment. Concerning people, ideologies, error, heresy. I ought to know right from wrong. Spurgeon said, discernment is not knowing the difference only of right and wrong, but between right and almost right. If Emmanuel is with me, I should know, appreciate, and love the truth. I should pray earnestly, continuously, expectantly, in faith, nothing wavering, in absolute confidence. I should be deeply and consistently being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. How can I live with God and not be changed? Change deeply from the inside out, not outside in. Not behavior modification, hope it gets to the heart. A heart that is erupted and changed and transformed and all the changes work inside out. How can I live with Emmanuel and not become like him? I should practice and treasure the sense of his nearness and pleasure. I should live without any fear and bondage. I should never worry. I don't know who this is for. It's not in my notes. But some of, someone needs to see worry like you see uh, lying or stealing or adultery. It is a sin. It is like reaching into heaven, grabbing the collar of God, pulling him to earth and say, I have to worry because you may not be faithful. You may not be who you are. 
There's something about that little woman that says, I'm, I, can't, I can't control whether he shoots me or not, but I ain't worried about the end because whether I live, I'm the Lord's, or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. So whether I live or die, I'm the Lord's. Peace is not just the gift that God gives you. It's your testimony to God's character. I ain't worried about that. Should we be concerned? Yeah. You lose your job, you got to be concerned. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm going to go pray. <laughs> Casting my care upon him because he cares for us. And when the phone rings or the friend calls or the email comes, you stand in your house and say, I told you that God keeps those that trust him. I told you, Whitney, that he provides for us. Amen. I should live a life of works, service, ministry, all for his glory, motivated by love. I should live nomadic as a sojourner with my heart in heaven and my eyes upon the prize. I wanted to tell you this morning. So when you see the original Hebrew word, Emmanuel, I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, the Romanized version is E, says the same thing, but in Hebrew, when you see that phrase, I don't want you to think baby Jesus with them. It said, they shall call his name Emmanuel. Who's they? God with me. What would happen to your Christian life if you went from thinking God with them or us to God with me? He is with you because he loves you. He is with you because you need him desperately. He is with you because he chooses to. He is with you no matter what, regardless of what has happened and what has been withheld. And he is with you this Christmas season. Y'all give me about three minutes here. Just, I, I don't know if it's for visitor. Or, I don't have anybody in my mind. But I've had the dark Christmas. I've had the one where my eyes were so swollen that I couldn't open them from crying. I've had the one when the boy's not there for the first time and you bury your child. I've had the one that you, you know all you know about God. You know the season and you still got to do the grandparent thing and the parent thing. And I, I've had the one where I just washed my face so many times before I got Jimmy up. Just me and him at Riverdale. And we had the Christmas and I made sure I was upbeat and we opened the gifts. And, you know, and he went to be with his girlfriend who later would be fiance. And I remember sitting in my house like yesterday. Tired, just tired of crying. Just... Ain't no pulling yourself up by your bootstraps when everything's gone. When your wife of 50 years or 40 years is gone, when your health is gone, when there is nothing there and the world wants to give you a meme, you know, like, smile, life is, could be worse. You know, something stupid that helps nobody. I'm by myself. Christmas Day, my son's gone. He goes out the door and I sit down and I said, I'm all alone. 
And as clear as I've ever heard him, he said, I'm with you. And I out loud said, will you, will you do Christmas with me, sad? Yeah. I didn't talk. I didn't pray. I cried throughout the house. And I'd sit down and it would be kind of like, and I'm just giving you cliff notes. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I would just kind of glance over like, you still there? Okay. And we did Christmas that day. It was not joyful. It was profound. So I've learned. Where can I ever go outside of his presence? If I take up the wings of the morning and go to heaven, he's there. If I go to the bottom of the earth and dwell in the chasms of the deep, he's there. If I make my bed in hell, he's there. Where can I ever go that Emmanuel is not with me? And the answer is nowhere. So for that one that's hurting, for that one that's sorrowful, for that one that this is not a good season for you, how about have a sorrowful season with Emmanuel? The man of sorrows. I close with this thought. Have you ever been in a room with someone that didn't have to say anything, but they lost a child like you lost a child and just having them in the room? They didn't have a daddy. You didn't have a daddy. They, their husband walked out. Your husband walked. Whoever. Just having them in the room. Here's a man acquainted with sorrows. So much so that was his title. Jesus will sit with you. He could comfort you. He could just blast the room with glory. But this much I swear to you. He'll never leave you. Reach out your hand at that table where everybody's got somebody and you don't have nobody and imagine him holding your hand. When you wake up, good morning, Emmanuel. Good morning. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, I don't know what to say that I haven't said except at a personal level. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Oh God, if I were to, if it were not for your mercies, I would be consumed for my sins, my lust in my heart, my evil thoughts, my uh, ungratitude, ingratitude. But you are so merciful and kind and I would have left me, but you didn't. And I just want to say thank you. And this is how I want to close it. If your heart this morning is just, oh, thank you, God. Would you just stand and lift your hands and with your eyes closed? Just tell him, just thank you, Lord, for being with me. Over the years, reflect back during that season, during that loss, during that trial, during that rejection. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being there with me when I was barren. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory today. We revel in the idea that you are with us and for us and will never leave us. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Thy mercies are new every morning. And regardless of who comes or goes, regardless of how the nations roar and the world is shaking Regardless, Lord, of the threats of the enemy, this much we know 
God is with us. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord, buddy. It's your son. Are you coming home? Rededicating your life to the Lord? Y'all, would you just bow your heads with me? What's your name? Greg. Okay, Greg. Father, I just thank you for Greg. I don't know his story, but you do. And if we turn to you, you can forgive us of our sins if we call on your name. Greg, is that what you want to do today? Okay, so Lord, Greg, Greg don't have to look up at me. I, I can match him story for story, sin for sin. But where our sin abounds, your grace does much more abound. And we call upon you today for the salvation of our heart and the renewal of our life. Lord, you not only were a man of sorrows, you said you were the friend of sinners. That's us. That's me and Greg. And we qualify and we receive that grace today. Heal his heart, Lord, I pray. Break every shackle, every bondage that is choices, just like mine, that it it strapped me to this world. Lord, the alcohol life that I had and the illicit life that I had, whom the sun sets free is a free man. Let it happen today for him. In the name of Jesus today. Greg, I want to be the first to tell you something. I'm not going to embarrass you. You can go to Savannah. I want to be the first to tell you. God's with you. Amen. He's with you. He's with you. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in the morning. You're dismissed uh, this morning in the knowledge that God is with you. God bless you.